You're listening to Morgan's Box. The creatures that I have seen mostly have been the, uh, the greys. Oh, what's in the box? In the garage, there was just this one skeletalized remain, and in the house itself. What's in the fucking box? Hello, all, and welcome to Morgan's Box. My name is Kilo, and if you're new here, we're glad to have you. And I hope that you enjoy this episode as much as one can enjoy a podcast about murder. Today, I will be talking about David Parker Ray, or as many of us know him as, the Toy Box Killer. As always, be sure to subscribe to our podcast so that you never miss an episode of Morgan's Box or the True Crime Minisodes that air on Tuesdays. While you're at it, go ahead and follow us like a creepy stalker on all of our social media accounts for fun behind-the-scenes stuff and just general shenanigans. If you love what we do so much that you want the world to know about it, why not stop by our official merch page and treat yourself to an attempted murder logo shirt. And go ahead and share this episode with all of your other true crime-obsessed friends as well. So now that all the shamelessness is out of the way, on to the warnings. I think we all know what we're about, but just in case, listener discretion is advised because this episode will contain kidnapping, rape, torture, and murder. So for the rest of us that are still here, grab a comfy spot, a little drink, and let's get to it. David Parker Ray was born in Boleyn, New Mexico in 1939. He and his younger sister Peggy lived with their grandfather who was very strict, and they were occasionally visited by their father who was a violent alcoholic, and he would beat them anytime that he was around. He also gave Ray his first sadomasochistic pornography. Ray attended Mountaineer High School in Mountaineer, New Mexico, and was known to be bullied by the other students for being extremely shy around girls. As a teenager, he began fantasizing about raping, torturing, and murdering women, and drawing his fantasies out onto paper. These pictures Peggy would find later, and she would turn them into FBI once the investigation started. The bullying and the insecurities about girls drove Ray to drinking and abusing drugs while he was in high school. After he finished school, Ray served in the U.S. Army, but little is known about his time during his service other than he did finish his enlistment entirely and received an honorable discharge when his enlistment ended. After that, he started a job as a mechanic, and then later in 1993, he was an armed state park officer at the Elephant Butte State Park. Some believe that Ray began killing women as early as the mid-50s, and this would mean it would be before he turned 18 in 1957. This was revealed by Ray's girlfriend and accomplice, Cindy Hindi, in the trials after their arrest. She had stated that he had told her that he found great joy in tying a young girl to a tree and torturing her to death as a young teenager. Over the course of his life, he would marry four different times and would have two children. At age 26, he met and soon married 18-year-old Glenda Burdine, and their daughter, Glenda Jean Ray, known now as Jessie Ray, was born two years later. Because Jessie was exposed to her father's tendencies for so long and at such a young age, she began to view the acts as if they were just a normal way of life, and she would later go on to help David Ray lure and drug women he would kidnap, torture, and sell as slaves. At age 19, Jessie was kind of feeling conflicted about what her dad was doing, and she had called the police, she'd actually called the FBI, for his crimes. But the charges were dropped, and David Ray would continue to torture and murder women for another 13 years. 
Ray had leased properties in Elephant Butte and Stone Lake, New Mexico. And both of these areas were where he would take his women from. When he had leased the land in Elephant Butte, he moved a double-wide trailer onto the property and began living there. Then he began constructing his soundproof box trailer that he would call the Toy Box. It wasn't until March of 1999 that the crimes of David Parker Ray and his many accomplices would finally end. All thanks to 22-year-old Cynthia Vigil. Vigil was a prostitute in Albuquerque, New Mexico, and she had said that Ray claimed to be an undercover cop and told her that she was under arrest for soliciting sex and put her in the back of his car. Ray then took Vigil to his box trailer and chained her to a gynecologist-type table and, with the help of his girlfriend, Cindy Hindi, would torture and rape her for three days. Vigil was forced to listen to a cassette recording of Ray explaining in great detail what he was going to do to her and that she was not to speak unless spoken to. She was also to refer to Ray and Cindy as master and mistress. While Ray was working on the third day, Vigil took the opportunity to escape when Hindi had left keys to her restraints on a table near where Vigil was restrained. She was able to get free and then stabbed Hindi in the neck with an ice pick when she attempted to stop Vigil. She then ran from the trailer, still wearing the slave collar and padlock chains that they had put on her, and managed to reach a nearby mobile home and was able to contact police. Then Ray and Hindi were immediately arrested. After their arrest, police were granted a warrant to search the property and the investigators say that they were shocked and deeply disturbed by what they found inside the box trailer. There was a gynecologist-type table in the middle with a mirror mounted to the ceiling because Ray wanted them to see everything he was doing to them. There were also dozens of whips, chains, pulleys, straps, clamps, leg spreader bars, surgical blades, and saws, as well as numerous sex toys. There was also a homemade wooden contraption that had been used to bend the victims over so that he and his friends could rape them. Other things found in the box trailer were detailed diagrams of how to inflict pain, as well as diaries detailing the murders of at least 50 other women, and a videotape from 1996 of a woman being raped and tortured by Ray and his girlfriend. Despite the evidence that was found in the diaries, The police were not able to build a case against them, and mainly because even though Hindi and Yancey, that was another accomplice, identified the areas where Ray was supposed to have disposed of the bodies, there have still been no remains found. In 2011, FBI spokesman Frank Fisher said that, quote, We're still getting good leads. As long as we're getting those leads and as long as the exposure to the press keeps generating interest in the case, we are going to keep investigating this, end quote. One instance is Angelica Montano's case. She had been found by police on the side of the road in the desert after visiting Ray's house to borrow cake mix. She had been drugged and then raped and tortured before being dumped on the side of the road in the desert. But there had been no leads, follow-ups, or any, so, any of that sort of thing by police. Ray would be found to use drugs like sodium pentothal and phenobarbital to induce memory loss in his victims, which made them, made it hard for them to give their testimonies later on and 
gave them a kind of a sense of confusion if what happened was just a dream or if it really did happen. After Angelica's testimony, the investigators were able to get Hindi to confess fairly quickly. She flipped pretty quick, and she told them everything that she knew about the murders and the torture victims. She also gave them names of Ray's daughter, Glenda Jessie Ray, and Dennis Roy Yancey, in connections to the crimes. Yancey confessed to the murder of Marie Parker, who was his former girlfriend. Ray and Jessie had abducted her, drugged her, and then tortured her for days before Yancey strangled her to death in 1997. After the items that had been found in the toy box had been processed and reviewed, there were details released from the videotape that had been found dating 1996. Kelly Garrett was identified by her ex-mother-in-law using a tattoo that was on the victim's ankle in the tape. Garrett was also a friend of Jesse's. And on the night of July 24th of 1996, Garrett had gotten into a fight with her husband and met Jesse for a night of playing pool at Blue Water Saloon. Jesse was, she drugged the beer that Garrett was drinking, knocked her out in the parking lot, and then took her to the box trailer. She then put a dog collar on her and led her inside of the trailer. The pair tortured her and drugged her for two days. And then... Ray slit her throat because she was still breathing and then left her for dead on the side of the road. Garrett thankfully survived the attack, but neither the police or her husband believed the story that she told them. Her husband believed that she had cheated on him so much that he filed for a divorce that same year and Garrett ended up moving to Colorado. So during the trial and then all of that court stuff, the drugs and the social standing of the women that were involved in all of this made the jurors question the reliability of their testimony. So basically, most of the victims were prostitutes and drug addicts, and the jury didn't believe that what had happened to them had really been, quote, air quote, air quote, air quote, rape. And sadly, David Parker was able to beat two of the cases against him. One of them being because Angelica had sadly died before her particular case was able to be presented. And because of the state of all of the different victims, including Angelica, Garrett, and Vigil, they were all tried separately, and Angelica died before hers was able to come up, so he wasn't charged with that. But he was sentenced to 224 years in prison for the many offenses that had been connected to the three women who had been abducted and sexually tortured. Cindy Hindi was given 36 years in prison, and after a plea deal by Ray, Jesse only received two and a half years in prison and five years probation for helping abduct and drug the women. Dennis Yancey was charged with second-degree murder and conspiracy to commit first-degree murder for strangling his former girlfriend, Marie Parker, in 1999, and received two 15-year sentences. Jessie Ray was released from prison in 2003 and completed her probation in 2008. She was also given an assumed name, so she could literally be anyone's neighbor now. Cindy Hindi was released in 2019 after receiving parole in 2017 and then serving her parole time in prison. And Dennis Yancey received parole in 2010 but was arrested for violating that parole three months later in 2011. 
He will be released this year in 2021 after he has served the rest of his original sentence. And David Parguray, he died of a heart attack on May 28, 2002, just three years after his sentence had began. He had been moved to another prison to be in, interviewed by state police for the cases because they were still trying to find the remains of the victims that he had journaled in his little notebook. But coincidentally enough, he died before he was ever able to be interviewed. It is still encouraged that if anyone knows anything about the remains of the victims of David Parker Ray, to let FBI know because they do still want to make sure that they've gathered those remains and given them a pro proper burial and all of that. So if you do know anything, please contact the FBI. Thank you all for listening today. I know this was a pretty heavy episode being two episodes into season two, but stay tuned. There will be something funner in the way of cryptids or something strange that might tickle your fancy a little more than murder. But there will also be heavier things, so stay tuned. It's, it's like Tennessee's weather here. One day it's hot, one day it's cold. But I hope everyone enjoys the rest of your week and everyone has a great weekend. Don't forget to come back on Tuesday to catch up on true crime news updates or to learn about a cold case. It all depends on what happens in this week. Who knows? If you have suggestions for upcoming shows of the True Crime Minisodes or Morgan's Box, like you've heard today, send us your emails to themorrigan.info at gmail.com. And again, be sure to follow us on social media because we know you're all stalkers, so you just might as well do it. I have been doing some TikToks on serial killers. I got one of those snazzy coloring books for Christmas, so I started doing those quick 50-second kind of talking about those heavy hitters that are inside of it and I color it I don't do a good job but I do it so go check that out follow me on there so you can stay up to date on that I also put snippets of the shows so if you don't really know if you want to listen to a show you can go over there and listen to my snippet and see if you want to hear about it you never know and also don't forget to slide on over to our merch page and get yourself a snazzy attempted murder logo shirt there will be a link for it in the link tree in the description. And we still have that long-awaited event coming up in Knoxville at the Oddities and Curiosities Expo in, on February 20th. I'm so excited. Still can't wait. I look so forward to seeing all of the cool swanky stuff that they've got out there. If you can make it out to Knoxville, come find me. I'll be the short one with the blonde hair. Um, <laughs> I might have some special goodies to share with you, so find me. But if you can't make it to Knoxville, it's okay. I understand. You can check out their website for a list of all the stops the Expo will be making in 2021 to see if one's a little bit closer to you. Tickets are insanely cheap, but because of social distancing and all that jazz, they are not going to let as many people in. So make sure that you pre-order so that you don't miss, don't miss that. Again, I want to thank everyone for stopping by. We love you all. We hope that you are all staying safe. Wash your hands and do make sure you always have an alibi. See you next time. Like a cold beer after a long day, the Asylum Productions have you covered in all things beer, music, and sports. Discover new breweries on brews with Novella and Cruz. Catch up on the latest sports news and have a laugh on Inked and Chattered. And check out band interviews with Diego on the Asylum Inc. 
all on the asylum.productions and hellfireradio.com.